This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 13, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Jared, how's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Miss Jacqueline just gave me a haircut because I refused to pay for these things. And uh, I got to work today, and people are like, oh, did you get a haircut? And I said, yeah, yeah, I did, you know. And Jackie told me never to tell that it was her that did it. And uh, they're like, huh, uh-huh, oh, it looks good. And I go into the bathroom, and it looks like I have a little mohawk growing on the side of an off-center, so she, um, she's gonna look at me when I get home today, and she's gonna be like, "You went all day looking like that," and I'll be like, "Ah, it's fine," but ser- <laughs> seriously, it's not even at all. <laughs> well, don't you just keep your hair bud? She does not like that. So, oh, yeah. Um, if it were up to me, I wouldn't have any hair. I would just take it all off because I can't, I can't stand it. But um, she does not like that. Yeah, I guess uh, I must. I haven't seen you for a while. I just thought your hair was always buzzed. Well, that's uh, that's how I'd like it to be, you know. <laughs> and I got away with it too, man. I was like, "Listen, listen, I'm gonna get in trouble with the Air Force, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this thing, and I'm I'm just not gonna have any hair." She was like, "Oh, please, no." I was like, "Sorry, regs, regulations." <laughs> but, oh, poor thing. I know, I know. But she likes it now, and she tried to cut it, and we had new clippers and. You know, it wasn't coming out right, and she was getting discouraged. I was like, oh, it's great. And she was like, I'm a terrible haircutter. I was like, no, they're new clippers. It's, you know, you just got to get used to it and everything. And then when I woke up this morning, but it it turned out okay. It's a new style. So what about you? I heard that you were were tapped or emailed or called for an interview. Yes, I got an email. from a website called thefoosh.com. How do you spell um, how do you spell that? What is the foosh? That is the P A G and then foosh is F W O O S H. Thefoosh.com. It is a, a internet site that keeps up with the latest Marvel um memorabilia, action figures, things like that. Which is something that I'm even more interested in than, than the comic book. So I'm definitely always on that site. And, you know, I just post here and there, and uh, they have this uh, bi-weekly, monthly feature where they interview a, cat, uh, a member of the forum, and they chose me. So I was able to uh, have an interview this week, and it's hopefully going to be posted up within a week or two. And uh, I was able to plug Marvel 616 Politics. Good man. So definitely check out thefoosh.com and uh, check out the profile. The uh, the username is WT. H-I-O, Tina. <laughs> Heartache is over, Tina, because that's my favorite song. <laughs> so hopefully it should be posted up uh, within the week. Um, by the time we actually get this out to our fans, it might even be up at that time. Oh, right on. Right on. Well, good. Did did you tell them that you were going to um, plug their theirs on our podcast? I need to let them know that. Well, I guess you need to ask permission. I don't know why they would say no, but maybe. I will tell you a little story, my friend, okay? I, <laughs> here at where I work, which I will not name, we had to create a training ma- uh, like a, 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 a training manual or a walkthrough for one of our programs. Did I already tell you this story? No. Okay, so we did this, and it needed to be populated with, you know, fake data. So I went through, and right off the top of my head, I came up with 50 secret identities like Matt Murdock, Luke Cage, you know, and did, you know, Peter Parker, May, May Parker, like 50 of them, right? Populated the database, wrote them training manual for it um, off of that. And like, it was, it's a really in-depth computer program that my company put together. And, you know, it has to do with matrices and like getting reports and classifications and categories of people and job titles and business units and, and uh, classes and things like that. 
So, like, mm-hmm. I spent all this work on it, right? And then we started producing these manuals and sending them out. And somebody was like, oh, huh, Scott Summers, Matt Murdock, <laughs> huh. And, like, they were like, and so my boss comes back to me and says, are these comic book characters? I said, yeah. And he said, did you check with Marvel? And I said, well, why would I need to check with Marvel? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, who wants, you know, who doesn't want, and they're, they're just names. They're not like Spider-Man. They're not like Captain America. It's just Steve Rogers. There's millions of Steve Rogers out there. There has to be. <laughs> and so I contacted a Marvel editor on Twitter again, and um, I said, hey, is this okay? Because it was a training manual. And he was like, are you selling the training manual? I said, no. He said, are you making money off of it in any way? I said, well, we're selling the product that the training manual goes to. And he wrote me back and he said, I don't think that's smart. You probably don't want to do that. (laughs) And so the long and short of it is I uh, had to rewrite the entire manual. What I did was I changed all the names, but I left the first two letters of each name first and last because that's how the program works. It marks off the first two letters. And I had to go to websites for naming babies and type in the first two letters and come up with names that weren't real. And it was like Emma. I had to go with Emily and, you know, it had to change everything. It was it was a disaster. Well, I can see where they're coming from, but really they're just names. And who doesn't want, like, an homage to, you know, who doesn't want out there saying, like, oh, you know, somebody out there is a really big comic book fan? Yeah, I mean, there are people named Michael Jackson, you know? Yes. There are people, not many people named Barack Obama, but, I mean, like, there are, the people have those names. And, and you know, it's, it's that's just silly. That's silly. That sucks they had to do that. Well, what did you do for, uh, Aurora Monroe. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if she was in the original one, dare I say it. No, that's why. I, I mean, there aren't very many Auroras. <laughs> no, not like, not like that. I had a friend, Aurora, like spelled like yeah. Sleeping Beauty, but Aurora, no, uh-uh, not that many. Anyway. Interesting story. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, no problem. Thank you for sharing yours about the interview. I look forward to that on the swoosh.com. Um, I'll let them know. Why Why are you more interested in, in the toys and stuff than the comics? Oh, I, I guess the toys have just always kind of been more of a visual thing. Like, it's just there. Whereas the comic, you have to you have to file it away and then figure out which, you know, if you want to see this, you know, when did a rogue fight Cyclops, you have to remember what issue it is and go in and pull it out and read it. Whereas the figures, you just have them displayed and, you, you know, I walk into my comic book room and there they are. So it's always just been kind of it's kind of cool, you know, to see a 3D representation of the stuff that we read. Yeah, I have to admit that is cool. Um, yeah, the only problem with that is I don't, I don't have a place to keep that kind of stuff. I mean, if you have a comic book room, that's cool, but I know really it's well, easier to pack away the comics into a bookcase than uh, have my kids playing with all my Spider-Man collectibles. Oh man, could you even imagine? No, I couldn't. I mean, that's why we get those uh the superhero squad tiny action figures because I don't feel that bad with them playing with those. But I mean, some of these things like the busts and everything, I'm always like, oh, that's awesome. I want it. And then I think, number one, where would I put it? Number two, where would I put it that my kids wouldn't tear it apart? Yeah, yeah. But you know, you were smart, Andy, and you and Jackie had kids when you were young. And you still are young, you know. But when you're like 40 and the kids are old enough not to break your stuff, you'll still be young enough to have that, you know, that passion and the money to buy all the statues that you wanted 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> I could try. I could try. You're right. You're right. And then it'll be just about the time that my kids are really embarrassed of me. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have friends over because daddy's got his toys out. <laughs> my dad said if he cleans up his toys, and then I could have my friends come over. <laughs> Doesn't want them playing with his toys. People are going to think the worst, man. They're not going to think about superhero stuff. Yeah. Be like, you're right. <laughs> like, toys? 
guns? Are you talking about <laughs> like communist newspapers everywhere? What, what kind of what are you talking about? Three girls though. You have three girls, so you probably want them to, you know, let let the guys think that yeah, daddy's got his guns out. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's what I'll, I'll just name them all. Oh, these are my guns, and then they'll grow up thinking that. <laughs> what you don't call your action figures guns? I don't understand. What what you know? What does your dad call them? <laughs> Oh, anyway. It's going to be a little, this episode's going to be a little different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can tell, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, did we give out our contact information already? No, we didn't. All right. Let's do that. Uh, join us on the web at marvel616politics.com. That's where we post up. Uh, that's where this podcast is actually hosted. Look for us on iTunes as well. Please rate our podcast, review our podcast. Because I'm getting tired of that message. We have not had enough reviews to post anything yet. We did. I do have good news. We, there's a popularity meter. So we did get a couple ticks on the popularity meter, which is cool. I don't know what it's popular in relation to, but still, uh, that's good. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. And at, on Twitter, follow us at 616politics. And those are the numbers, 616politics. We also can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. You can also give us a call, leave us a message, ask us a question at 616-755-TINA. T-I-N-A. Man, I tell you what, last week or last episode, it was very refreshing to have the Tinas incorporated again. I miss her. I miss her when we don't have her. I was listening today at work. Uh, wait, I take that back. Someone else was listening to Tina Turner at work, and my ears perked up right away. And I was like, hey, that, that's Tina. That's what's love got to do with it. Right on. And then I felt a little bit embarrassed. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight, uh, today, tonight, we are we have a special report. Special report. Um, this kind of caught our eye in the news, and we're gonna talk about this. I'll put up on the show notes. I'll put a bunch of links to. Uh, this has been in the news the past couple of weeks. Captain America six oh two. And I will give us a rundown real quick. There is a controversy. I hope our fans have read Captain America 602. Um, I'll give you a setup. Bucky and the Falcon are out, and they're trying to take down this uh, terrorist militia group, Watchdog, headed up by a fake Captain America, who, I, who I'm not exactly sure who this guy is, but I think we've seen him. We saw him before earlier in Captain America, before Captain America died, I think, or right around that time, with around the Winter Soldier. And uh, I don't have all my facts about him, but the point is, they're there trying to integrate in, in Boise, Idaho, and trying to go undercover to take down this terrorist militia group, and they're on top of a roof, and they see a bunch of protesters protesting the government, and they have a bunch of signs, uh, you know, that are protesting, taxing, and things like that. And the Falcon looks over there and makes a comment, and I will try to read it directly from what I have here. He says, what is this? Some kind of protest rally. That's what the Falcon says. And it looks like some sort of anti-tax thing. And it's a bunch of people marching. And then this is it. Uh, this is, leads into it. So I guess the whole hate the government vibe around here isn't limited to the watchdogs. Bucky replies and says, we're not in New York anymore, Sam. And then he, Sam says, which brings me back to my earlier point about infiltration. And infiltration, they were talking about how are we going to infiltrate the watchdog group, okay? Not how are we going to infiltrate uh, the protest group. He goes on to say, I don't exactly see a black man from Harlem fitting in with a bunch of angry white folks. Now, this panel right here, and I'll throw a picture up on the website, has caused quite a stir, okay? And it's because from what I gather, and I, I got to tell you, when I first read this, I just totally glanced over it. I, I, I didn't see anything. 
But from what I gather, it's because they said black man from Harlem fitting in with a bunch of angry white folks. And right next to that is a sign, a protester sign that says, teabag the libs before they teabag you. So there's other signs that say stop the socialists, no new taxes, America for sale, blah, 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 blah. But because it says teabag, that's supposed to be the Tea Party movement. Are you familiar with the Tea Party movement? Yes. Okay, can you explain a little bit about the Tea Party movement to our listeners who may not know? Uh, yeah, I, I guess the Tea Party movement is just kind of a grassroots campaign um, that's kind of, you know, anti-tax on uh, a lot of the, the spending that's, that's uh, kind of occurred and um, with the, the new administration. Um, there have been a lot of different uh, protests um, all over America, um, basically, you know, just just uh, having some different uh, conservative speakers get up and talk about um, freedom, um, tax, you know, tax increases, um, things like that. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Um, but it's just a, it's a small grass, like it's not small, but it's a, a grassroots movement right now that's uh, very pro freedom and and justice and uh, anti tax, basically. So why they call themselves the Tea Party movement? Uh, well, I mean, it's based on the Tea Party back from, uh, when was it, the Boston Tea Party? Right. So, you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason they, they do that, though, is because the whole point of the tea, Boston Tea Party was taxation without representation. And so they're saying that a lot of these bailouts and a lot of this stimulus package, it started around with the stimulus package that the Obama administration put forth during this, as it is being called by his administration, the Great Recession of 2008. And what that what they're saying in, in more eloquently than I do. No, well, what they're saying is that this is just like the Tea Party because we they were fighting back then because they were being taxed without being represented. And they're saying that where does the stimulus money come from? You know, yes, we're borrowing against it, but somebody's going to have to pay for it, and it's going to be in our taxes. And so we do not get a say in this. We don't get a vote. So there's no representation. It's taxation without representation. So that's where they call the part the 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 Tea Party movement. Have you been to any Tea Party rallies? Oh, I wanted to go, but I have this stupid nine to five job thing going on. Are <laughs> you? I I did go to one because it was after work, and I I did find it funny that a lot of these Tea Party movements or Tea Party Tea Parties were during the day when normal people work and the people that are most affected by some of these things, not to be too crass, uh, not to step on anybody's toes, but the people who are normally uh, in uh, that would participate in the in the Tea Party would be the working the working man, the people who have not necessarily nine to five jobs, but the people who, you know, are working during the day. So I don't know why they had them. But uh, the one I attended it was, for the most part, pretty civil. People did get up in arms about it. And it, I, I talked a lot about this today with uh, with a couple of my bosses because they came in and they were like, oh, did you see Marvel in the, in, the, in the news? And what brought this to light is that I think a blogger picked up on it, but Fox News picked up on it and they ran it and they said, this is ridiculous. And Fox News is known to have been uh, a driving force behind the Tea Party, which... Yeah. Also, doesn't necessarily make sense with everything I've heard because I think the guy from CNBC was actually um, one of the guys behind it as well. I did not know, but the Tea Party, uh, I, I guess, is fighting this um, stigma that's saying they're, um, you know, all white and they're 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 perceived as racist. Now, did you know that or not? Yeah. Yeah, I'd heard a lot about that, actually. Okay, well, because I did not know that. Can you fill me in on that? Well, I mean, because it just kind of makes sense is because they don't want to come off as, you know, just a totally uh, a racist thing because, I mean, there's so many issues that take into play here. I mean, you, this is the first time we've had an African-American president and who are the, the people. And, and typically, you know, I just got to be careful. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm just trying to state the fact that, you know, typically... Republicans and conservatives are Caucasian, and more than likely than not, if you're African American, you're probably a Democrat and liberal. You know, and that's just a broad spectrum. That's not what Jared is saying. That's just kind of how things typically are. So, statist so statistically speaking, sure, absolutely. 
Okay. Um, I mean, I have black friends that are Republicans, and I have black friends that are, you know, uh, Democrats, and white friends that are liberal, and white friends that are conservative. You know, it's, that's that's just not that's not coming from Jared. But okay. um, but yeah, I mean, it's they don't want that that perceived notion that you know all these white people are coming out against this black president and his issues because that's not what it is. Okay, so they're saying it's more policy driven than it is uh, race driven, which I mean. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you had white people coming out about against President Bush. You had black people coming out against President Bush. You had black people for President Bush and black people against President Bush. It's just like any other administration. But the thing is, it's different because we've never had an African-American president before. So people are a little more sensitive on both sides. Right. Okay. All right. Well, see, I didn't realize there was a, there was a racial stigma there. I, I knew, statistically speaking, that what you're saying is true, but I didn't understand that that, that they were fighting this you know, the stereotype. So to me, when I read this, this wasn't politically charged at all because I remember reading Captain America the whole time with, um, you know, the Kronos Corporation and Roxxon and, and uh, you know, the Red Skull taking over and the, like the man who bought America part one, two, and three, like the, the, um, the whole thing, it had to do with the recession. It had, it, recession had to do with current events. It had to do with what was going on. And it's very interesting to me that this is brought to the media, the, the light of the media. Now, why do you think that this is brought into the media? And I mean that is is because, number one, who's reading these comic books? People who are interested in the story, I think. When I read this, I was like, oh, well, the writer or whoever's doing this is, it, it, is taking current events, like a protest, and what would people be protesting now? Well, not necessarily the recession anymore because we're on supposedly an upturn. So, I mean, it could still be unemployment. It could still be any of these things. But these people are, like, taking pride in their country. Now, it also fits along with the story as well where the fake Captain America is going through and saying, okay, well, here's not only my hometown but also a place where there's a bunch of people who are, are disheartened and if there are any extremists in there, any radicals in there, then I might be able to persuade them to, to join my militia group. And then we see that later on in the book. That's exactly the tactic that Bucky uses to get in with them. Mm -hmm. So to me, I didn't see this. And, and, and my boss, he took a lot of time and he explained it to me. He's like, well, I was, I'm offended by that. And I said, well, why? It's no different than, you know, any of these Hollywood actors being liberal. It's no different than anything. If you take this as they did it on purpose to say that the Tea Party was racist, which I didn't think that. First and foremost, okay, people, there's two things that people are mad about this. Number one, they're saying that the um, Captain America, who is the epitome of America, Marvel is saying that he is anti-Tea Party, that he's anti-anti-tax. Okay, and number two, they're saying that the Tea Party is a bunch of angry white people who are racist. I mean, it's a it's a race issue. Now, the first one I didn't get at all because I think the story's taken out of context. If you read the story, he's saying, "Look, I am anti this terrorist organization, Watchdog, who has been around since not you know the seventies, the mid seventies, uh, in Marvel comics." And then secondly, the 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 uh, race thing. I just assumed it was population because if you look out there, there's nobody in there that's black. But I didn't assume that that was just because it was a protest. I assumed because it was the population of Boise, Idaho. Now, if you look up the population of Boise, Idaho, there's a 0.77% black population. So the, the rest of the population there, majority is white. So statistically speaking, that's accurate. So anyway, I, no, ninety-two percent white and uh, black population is point seven seven percent. So, I mean, and that's according to Wikipedia. So who knows? But <laughs> take that as you will. But here's here's the question. Here are the issues. Number one, does is this is this offensive? Number two, does Marvel have to talk about it? Number three, how did this even get in the book? Now, have you read any any of the articles about this? Interview. Okay, I thought that was really good. What did you think about that? Um, I, I I don't I think I think he was telling the truth. You know, I, I didn't sense like he was trying to cover anything up. 
in all honesty. I mean, he's the, the you know, the, the, the editor-in-chief. He doesn't see every issue, read every word. That's why he has people do that. You know, that's why he has editors. And then they have editors. And, and you know, there has there are the checks and balances. And I, I just don't think that, I mean, a lot of people were like, you know, string him up, throw him, you know, throw him out. Joe Casada, and, and I just don't think the buck should have stopped with him. He said that it should, but I, I just don't believe that. You know, the, the CEO and the president, you know, can't micromanage everything. No, I agree. And I, I to me, I'm more offended that he, he made Peter Parker make a deal with the devil than I am on this. I mean, to to me, that's more of a big deal because I'm in it for the stories. And, like, I don't understand why the comic book medium is, is something to get riled up about. Like, how many people actually read these comic books? And how many people actually read these comic books where it actually affects their political views? Oh, gee, I never thought of it that way. I guess the Tea, the, the tea Party group is a bunch of raisins because a, a black man from Harlem is not going to be able to fit in. He's going to stick out like a sore thumb because there's no black people in Boise, Idaho. I mean, I see both sides, but I think I see your side more than anybody else's that, you know, it's not really a huge big deal, but you have to look at it too, you know, of all the titles for this to happen in, it was Captain America, you know, it wasn't Agents of Atlas, <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh, the Ares miniseries, it wasn't some title that has no bearing on, you know, American ideals or or anything like that. You know, it was Captain America is where it happened. And then of all the places for it to happen, you know, they, they picked this, you know, this protesting group and they put them in a place that's primarily white and put uh, African-American and the Falcon right in the middle of it. You know, I feel like there was, there could have intentionally been a part of a bit of a setup to kind of, express their political views. You know, I just, honestly, I mean, just looking at the numbers and, and the facts, you know, people do that all the time. Yeah, that's true. But are you saying that that you're, that their political view is that the Tea, the Tea Party group is racist? Or are you saying that their political view that they were trying to convey is that these people are extreme and I don't agree with them? I don't. I don't think that we have enough evidence to really say either. I just think it's kind of interesting circumstance how it happened. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me let me Go ahead. let me read this to you. This is what Brubaker wrote. Okay, I don't know who did it. Probably someone who thought it was funny. Brubaker wrote in an email. I don't think so personally. That's the sign of being. Uh, that's the sign being changed to something more generic for the trade reprint. Because I and my editor were both shocked to see that. So in reprints, they're going to take that sign away, okay? Yeah. Uh, the book was getting ready to go to the printer. It was on fire already from a deadline standpoint. But the editor on the book noticed that there was small art, uh, a small art correction that needed to be made uh, on the first page featuring the protesters. The artist on the book drew slogans into the protest signs to give them a sense of reality and to set up the scene. On the following page featuring the protesters again... There were signs, but nothing written in them. From a continuity standpoint, this mission, uh, this omission stood out like a sore thumb, but it was easily fixable. So just before the book went to the printer, the editor asked the letterer on this book, which I will make a note here. This is not in the quote. This letterer was from VC, so he wasn't even, he's a contractor, okay? He's, he doesn't even work for Marvel, okay? So check the book. Let's see, the editor asked the letter on the book to just fudge in some quick signs. The letter in a rush to get the book out of the door, but wanting to keep the signs believable, looked on the net and started pulling slogans from actual signs. That's when he came upon this one, and he used it in the scene, and off it went to the printer. Unfortunately, to make the deadline, the work wasn't double-checked thoroughly, and it was printed as is, which is where he as an editorial group, we as an editorial group screwed up. We spoke to the letterer, and he was mortified at his mistake and was truly sorry as he had no political agenda. Now, to me, that is completely believable. And look, I don't want to defend Marvel just because I like comic books and I like Marvel and I like the stories. That doesn't make sense to me. But I do totally believe that this is possible. Because, all right, do you remember our uh, top 20 or top 10 covers? Yes. Okay. There was one, uh, Spider-Man 588, okay? It's where Spider-Man is on the ground. He's bloody. He's bruised. 
and laying behind him, all right, this, I don't think this one made the cut, but this was one I was looking at. Um, behind him was a newspaper lying on the ground, okay? Now, when I looked looked that up and I was looking through mine, on the actual cover, the newspaper has, you know, articles about, it's the, it's the DB, and it's um, articles about, you know, who won the election and, you know, menace and things like that. But as I was looking for a, a, a copy of it to email you, I came across one where the newspapers were totally blank. And I said, well, what's going on here? Why are the newspapers blank in this picture? And it's because the artist, who was John Romita Jr., does not draw in what the newspapers say. So this totally makes sense to me, okay? We have Brubaker writing the script, who doesn't necessarily write. He just says a protest crowd with signs. And he sends it to the penciler. The penciler pencils all this in. The penciler doesn't write the letters. Uh, the letterer, they send it to the colorist. They send it to the letterer. And then uh, the letterer does the letters for the box. And he may do the signs as well. But he's not necessarily paying attention to the story. He's just writing all the letters. You know, I don't know. To me, it sounds like if the letter, if it was an oversight and they had to draw in the signs later, or the signs didn't have letters and they were coming back later, of course he could go on the web and find these, you know, the current event that was going on. And I think it was just an unfortunate event that these two, that the sign and the um, the panel or the caption that said black man are on the same page. I think if, that if it was on different pages, then it wouldn't even matter. Mm. But see, that you're never going to convince anybody of that. And so now... The thing that, that bothers me is the only exposure that people are going to have of this, of Marvel, is, oh, Marvel, they're this left-wing liberal. And we know that generally New York, where some of the, most of these, you know, the corporate office, and yeah, some of them are liberal, but I don't think they're they're to the extreme of racist where, like, they say, oh, well, you know, this this per that group is a bunch of just racist idiots. I mean, they tend to, from my interaction with them, to see different points of view or be generally neutral about these things in their in their content. And we've seen that before. I mean, I was reading an article, I forget, this was a long time ago, but with Brubaker, how he was saying, you know, I have a hard time writing Captain America because I do have these liberal views, but he's all for the, you know, the freedom of choice and what, what America stands for, which is, you know, the freedom of the people, no control over the people, and having that ideology and but he's still very very much conservative he's he's you know a strict kind of a strict constructionist when it comes to the um the you know the, the constitution so i i can see how people could claim that brubaker's own leftist or liberal arguments would come to into this book but i don't think this is one of them i i don't know i wish i mean i wish i had a lot more to say on the topic but, I mean, like, I didn't really, I mean, I read it, and I didn't even think anything of it, you know? Yes. Until I, the news came out about it. And then, I mean, I just kind of put some pieces of the puzzle together, and I really can see arguments for both sides. But, I mean, it basically just kind of falls on to who made the decision, you know, to do it. You know, what was the letterer's intent and all that? You know, have we heard from him? He It just says he was mortified. I mean, he had no political agenda, which is easy to say, and I don't know. Well, because you're not really going to come out and say, that's right, that's right. I hate, I hate, you know, I think that white people are racist. You know, you're not going to, or, you know, whatever your agenda was, you're not going to come out and with hands swinging. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But, uh, like like you said, okay, let, let's assume that it was, uh, that they were saying that this Tea Party group is racist, okay? Let's assume the worst, okay? The people reading this comic book are reading it for the story. If you, that you've read it, like, all the way from issue one to issue, you know, 602, whatever we're at, 55 or whatever it is, like, you can say, yeah, well, we know Brubaker, you know, he's a little bit of a liberal, but he does a pretty good job, and, you know, he's really dedicated to Captain America. You know, he's really dedicated to his story because that's his job. He, he's doing a great job. And so if you see this and you say, ah, whatever, you know, let it go. 
I don't know if I want to necessarily associate myself with the Tea Party group. I went to a rally because I did not like what was going on with the current administration and the bailouts and the the stimulus package because I don't want my kids to pay for it. But that has, I mean, that has nothing to do with race. I saw at the at saw at the rally. I saw black people there. I saw Asian people there. I saw you know I saw all sorts of people there. I saw people in cowboy hats. You know, I saw people there. But if you assume assume the worst and say that they did have an agenda, most of the people reading this comic book are going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever. We we know that New York is a liberal state, and that's where most of these people live who who do these comic books. And so you flip through and you're like, oh, I wonder how Bucky and Sam are going to infiltrate the Watchdog group. But every other person who now sees this have no idea what the story's about. And that just cheapens the whole medium to me because now everybody's all concerned about political statements where, you know, I just want a good story. Yes, definitely wasn't good exposure <laughs> between this and so many people being upset about Disney. Marvel's not uh, doing too well right now in the public uh, eye. You know, I mean, the left latched onto this as well and saying, you know, look, look, it's right, it's right. But, I mean, what what credibility does Marvel really have? Oh, it was in a Captain America book. It must mean it's right. I mean, Captain America's not the Bible. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not it's not a holy book that anybody lives their life by. Yeah, but not everybody has that same mentality, Andy. Enlighten me, sir. Well, I mean, people use this. You know, some people use comic books as, you know, an escape from reality. And some people take it a little too far sometimes. I mean, have you been to a comic book convention? No, I haven't, actually. I have not. Andy. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> some people kind of take things a little too far. So, I mean, you have people that speak elfish, for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, do you see where I'm saying? Are those people allowed to vote? <laughs> Everybody's allowed to vote. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the topic, though. <laughs> All right. Well, keep going with your thought. What are you trying to tell me? I mean, the people... I'm just saying that, though, to you and I, it is just a comic book, and it's no big deal. You know, <laughs> nothing was necessarily implied from our, our perspective. From other people who maybe do take things a little more seriously and uh, invest a great deal of their lives into, you know, a 22-page uh, book that comes out once a month, you know, maybe it was a little bit more of something. And and you do have to also take into account people who have agendas, you know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a conservative. You're a conservative. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that I let... That everything I, I view, I have to either take a stance, either it's for me or it's against me, you know? A lot of people that have agendas do take things like that. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing, not always a bad thing. I, I don't know, I'm trying to play the middleman here. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job, but I, I mean, I want to point out, if that was the case, then you read the whole issue, right? Yeah. Okay. If that was the case, then why in the world would Bucky not, like, say, have a racial slur or something when he's throwing Sam out of the bar? You know, like, when there's the bar at Barney's and, and uh, Sam goes undercover as a as a IRS federal agent or whatever, saying that the bar owes money and that he's going to be shut down. And pretty much it's like the man, you know, everybody's against the man because the federal government is demanding you still need to pay your taxes and you need to do this. And there's like a sense of solidarity and everybody's saying, oh, no, well, I'm not going to let the government push me around. This is a free market. I'm going to do whatever I want. Then Bucky steps in, who is undercover as well. And this is his plan to infiltrate the group. He goes up to the IRS, uh, to Sam, and he says, leave him alone and walk out of here now while you can. And Sam says, are you threatening me? I'll have you know that that's a federal offense. And he says, yeah, well, so is this. And he cracks him one, right? And he sends him flying through a table. And then he throws him out of the bar. He says, don't say I didn't warn you. And then uh, don't forget your briefcase, Obama. And to me, may, I mean, is it, when he says Obama, is he is he being racist there? Or is he saying... That was a lot more offensive than the whole Tea Party thing. You think so? Because nobody's saying... Well, I, that's what took me aback, more so than a, a sign. Well, see, I can I can see that, but see, I don't, I still don't think that's racist. I'm asking you, can that be construed as racist because he called him Obama? 
and because he's black? Or is it just because he is from the IRS? Yeah, I mean, I, you raise a good point, but... I mean, if he really wanted to say something racist, he would have, you know, he would have had a racial slur. I'm not going to say any here on the air, but, you know, he would have said, you know, get out of here, insert racial slur or insert, you know, historical racial... Well, because those things are not acceptable. You know, those words are not acceptable. So you couldn't put that in a comic book, but you could put something like, you Obama. How come they can say the F word in the Max series and things like that, but they can't say any any kind of racial slur in in this? Is that what you're trying to tell me? That they couldn't do that? And that's so, what I'm telling you. Because they, they do it all the time. When was the last time you saw uh, a racial slur towards an African American in a comic book from a white person? I, I don't know. Maybe The Watchmen. The Watchmen. Yeah. That came out in 1985. Yep. No, I see your point. I see your point. So you think him saying Obama right there was a racial slur? I think that was a very racially motivated. I mean, you wouldn't, if the, the shoes were on other feet, you know, uh, you probably wouldn't have an African-American person throwing out a Caucasian person saying, you bushy, you know? Yeah. It would just be silly and it would be stupid. Yeah, but if he did, I wouldn't be offended, though. Because I don't necessarily agree with Bush's, all Bush's policy. But see, I wouldn't take it as a racial thing. But that's not the society we live in. We don't live in a society that's like that, you know? There's very much a taboo when it comes to uh, racism against African Americans. That same, that same taboo does not, is not in play when it comes to racism against Caucasians. I guess you're right. So what, I mean, so what are you saying? That Steve, uh, not Steve, I'm sorry, um, Ed Brubaker, um, uh, you're saying that it's quite possible that Ed Brubaker had that undertone the whole time talking about this area of the country and this uh, militia and this group. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But I can't say for certain, you know, that's just what I'm saying. I can see how that can come about, how that thought process can be there, and how people can draw those conclusions. You know, I can't speak for him. Unless he blatantly comes out and says, absolutely, I mean, but, but like you said as well, you know, he said that he finds it hard to write this book because he is so liberal in his thinking. I wish I could find that article where he said that. But yeah, no, you're right. And see, I don't, I don't want to admit it. I really, I really think he's doing a good job with the book. And I've seen a lot of places where, you know, he says something that's liberal and I don't agree with it. But I mean, to me, that's his opinion. That's his view. But if you are correct, and if he is saying that the that the Tea Party is uh, specifically racist against black individuals or African Americans, then yes, I, I can see how people would have a problem with that. And actually, to be honest with you, the first two times I read this book, I did not see him say, your briefcase, Obama. I did not see that. And that kind of changes things for me. So I'm going to have to tell my boss I'm changing my mind here. But... <laughs> Ah, that's such a shame, though. I. But I want to point out, like, it doesn't change. Like, you know, you and I had talked on uh, the previous podcast, you know, about um, Jeff Loeb. You know, it's not, you know, we're not attacking him personally. We were attacking, you know, the way that we felt the Hulk was written. And I, I, I agree with you with Ed Brubaker. Like, I think he's done a fantastic job on Captain America. I don't think anybody else could have written Captain America, brought Bucky back, taking care of Steve Rogers' death, and nobody else could have really done that. You know, it was just executed so well. Um, but for being a good writer, you can still, you know, have have thoughts and, and convictions and, and all those things that maybe necessarily, you know, don't always align with the rest of your reader populace or, or um, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm really communicating that very well. No, no, I think you're doing a good job. I mean, but, but the question is, does it really, why in the world does it matter that much if a comic book says that? If it's true or not? Like, what does it matter so much that a comic book writer has that much clout in this world that, you know, the political party leans on? No, ex about that. Ex what did you say? I'm not reading that comic book to hear about his ideology right but see that's that's what i'm saying like uh, apart from the people who you said who 
you know, are fanatics and live on the and die on the dying words uh, that are on this page. Like, what is the rest of society? The rest of society doesn't take comic books seriously anyway. I mean, the people who really enjoy comic books and take them seriously are a very small minority statistically. So, I mean, I, and I count myself as one of those, but I don't necessarily agree with everything that goes on there and in every single comic book. So I don't understand why people would say, oh, well, now it's a valid form of literature because it said something I disagree with. And now, I mean, that's like the straw man argument. You know, you're building it up and it's not really there. It's just so you can knock it down. And they're saying... Look at the, look at the, um, the, Muslim, the Muslim comics that appeared in the New York Times, you know, four or five years ago and depict Muslims in an unfair light that it was just a joke. Or, or whatever, but people died because these comics that people never took seriously were published. People took them seriously, and many, many people were killed over these comics. I think that was in... All right, first, I understand your point. I think that was in Scandinavia. Well, they were republished in the New York Times. Oh, okay, all right. You all are right. correct. They were published in Europe first. I'm, my my apologies. No, 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 no. I I understand your point. I just I mean, people died. People didn't die in America over that, right? No. Okay. But that doesn't change the fact that people died. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. And I'll probably <laughs> no, no. You're right. I, I know what you were saying. No, I didn't want you. I didn't want Wrong. any. They do the okay. The words we have and the words we write do affect people. And yeah, the the pen is mightier than the sword. Is that is that what you're saying? necessarily saying that. I mean, I think you were coming from the argument with it's just a comic book, it's not a big deal, people don't take comic books seriously. But people people might not take them seriously until it's something that offends them. Well, exactly. Well, see, that's my point. A comic book isn't a valid form of communication until it offends me and then all of a sudden it, I put it on a, a pedestal? Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I, I, think that, I think that's wrong. I mean, you know, if you're going to, all right, it's the same writer, it's the same title, it's the same story that we've been having for the past two years. If you're going to put this on a pedestal and say, well, this is absolute fact that he thinks this and that this is offensive, you have to you have to evaluate everything that he's done. You have to go back and say, all right, Captain America 1, issue 1 through 25, what is he saying? What's going on? And if at any time you're like, See, this is just comic books, you know. Who cares? Steve Rogers died. Then how can you say, "Oh, now it matters. Now it now it's starting to, you know, really take effect because it's getting political." But I I don't know that that I don't know. Cause now I'm torn because it would just be the same way as saying that you know comic books are not that big of a deal. People don't take them seriously. But now we have a comic book that is introdu reintroducing slavery as being an okay thing. And, you know, I, I can guarantee you people are going to be up in arms about that, whether they took it seriously before or not. It's still something that's so um, vitally, inherently evil and wrong that it's going to stir up emotions, whether people took the comic book seriously before or not. That's like the Nazi argument. Sure. All right. Uh, all right. Enough of this. I. I... <laughs> we went from having a, we were, uh, to the people listening, we had planned on, this being a short podcast, we were just going to, you know, roll out about Captain America and talk about the, the state of the, the union with uh, some of the things going on in the Marvel Universe. So uh, we apologize. This has gone on a little long. <laughs> well, that's fine, though. But I mean, because it's really it's it's really a, a apparently a pressing issue out there in America. And hopefully we'll get this we'll get this episode out to you in time that it still matters. But, hey, I will say this. You know, we've been putting uh, a couple weeks ago, we put all those. um all those silhouettes of the the Secret Avengers, and how many hits did we get? We got so many people commenting on them. We probably had thirty different people commenting on those silhouettes. And I put up the the link to this story, the Fox News, and the rebuttal from Joe Casada, and no one commented at all. <laughs> no one. Yeah. And I want to know why. I want to know was it because they said this doesn't matter, or did they say I'm not even going to touch this because this is too volatile? I mean, why did no one say anything? It's been up there for a long time now. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think it's just a taboo subject. Well, I don't know. I, I can't answer for them. I can't either. I don't know. All right, bro. Anything else? No, I think we can wrap this one up. 
Yes, that one flew by, but of course most of it was the Captain America controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to explain to me what uh, what you thought was going on and uh, how other people see it, because a lot of times I really can't I really can't see other people's view of these things. So. No, I mean, thank you for sharing your opinions too. I mean, you you are you're able to uh, present your view much better than I am, and so it's it's good to kind of hear um, some some more depth than just you know this is why you know assist and dot period at the end. You know, you get some stuff to back it up. So and, and two, you know, we have to think of the you know the places we live in, the backgrounds that we have. You know, we're we're both bringing different stuff to the table. That's true. That really does matter, too. And I'll, I'll spare you some of those stories. But, yeah, uh, when I went up to Ohio, it was a huge wake-up call about how everybody viewed history and, and, and those type of things. It was a, it was way different than where I grew up in Louisiana. And, and you'll be coming up to Ohio soon, yeah? Yes, yes, we are. We will be up there, and I will be visiting you. And, and we're solidifying plans now, and I will get you those dates later on. And I will not tell them to you over here so nobody can break into our house and rob us when we're not there. Yes, but it could be a, it might be a really good podcast that we could get out of that, though. Being together? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that if, if Jackie will allow it, then yes, we actually could. Yeah, we might have to figure something out, but that could be good. Okay, the wheels are turning, sir. <laughs> well, um, let's get out our contact information and we'll wrap this baby up. All right, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, join us on the web at marvel616politics.com. Email us your questions, comments, reviews. If you want, we can post a guest review of an issue. Feel free to do that. You can become a contributor at marvel616politics at gmail.com and on Twitter at 616politics, uh, and that is twitter.com slash 616politics. Give us a call at 616-755-TINA. Let us know what you thought about the whole Captain America 602 debate. Ask us questions, leave us comments. Or also, you can focus uh, with us on Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. You can uh, let us know what you're thinking, interact with each other, or just make fun of Andy and Jared. We're, we're happy to, to have you uh, interact with us. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, until next time, make yours Marvel616Politics. Obviously means pray for me. <laughs> well, tell Jesse thanks for uh, letting me rent you for a couple hours. Hey, no problem. Hey, take care of your eye and take care of your beautiful bride. All right, thanks, man. You'll be good. <laughs> All right, take it easy.